Emerging Enterprise Awards 2022 on Money FM 89.3 is brought to you by OCBC and the Business Times. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us for this conversation where we are putting a spotlight on some of the most promising companies in Singapore. And no annual award better honors the bold ambition of Singapore's young businesses under 10 years old than the Emerging Enterprise Award. Jointly organized by the Business Times, the Financial Daily under SPH, and OCBC Bank. Now, this year, 2022, marks 15 years of the award's celebration of business innovation, resilience, and excellence in SMEs, the bedrock of the Singapore economy. Since 2008, the award has been empowering startups and young enterprises with both recognition and resources to take flight and achieve stellar growth. Today, we chat with one of the 15 finalists in contention for this year's award to find out what makes them tick. And with our next company, seeing a doctor has taken a whole new meaning, especially during the pandemic, amid safe distancing concerns. And among its services, digital health app SpeedDoc lets you book a teleconsult or a home visit. Or let's find out more from Serene Tsai. She is the co-founder of SpeedDoc. Serene, thanks for joining me. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. All right, let's find out more about the various services that SpeedDoc offers. I talked about teleconsult, home visits, I imagine. The supervised ERT tests have been quite popular as well. Yeah, I think really took off during the COVID pandemic. And I think, you know, that's quite an overdone story now that digital healthcare is doing well during the pandemic. But how we view it is that we got to see a lot more people during the pandemic. A lot of people got more comfortable with digital health. Um, and so you're right. We do. Um, we have an app where you can book a doctor house call, a nurse house call, teleconsult, get medication delivered to your house, tele-ARTs, you can book an ambulance. Um, and something exciting that we're kind of focusing on is this thing called virtual hospitals. So we're trying to provide hospital-level care at home. What does hospital-level care mean? Right. So I think when we think about hospitals, you know, we kind of imagine what we see on TV. So we think about Chicago Med, uh, you know, Grace Anatomy, and we think about the trauma base and operating theatres. But that's not really what, you know, uh, the only thing that a hospital does. So just imagine if you are ill enough to be admitted to a hospital, um, but kind of, you know, stable enough to recover at home. That's the whole idea of a virtual ward or a home hospital or what we call virtual hospitals. Um, so we're trying to provide the same level of care that you will receive you know, being admitted into a hospital at home. Ah, okay, okay. Let's take a step back and talk about how this all got started for you. Speed Dog, the origin story. Right. I think, you know, people ask me this question on uh, Serene, you know, or, or Dr. Shrava, and when do you think about disrupting, you know, healthcare? And I tell them that the key word to us is, you know, the word disrupting. And I think Dr. Shravan and myself were pretty similar in age. And we grew up at the turn of the millennium where, you know, when we were younger, we saw, you know, our houses were without internet, right? And mm. then uh, broadband came and dial-up came, right? So, and then we got internet and we saw headlines, right? So growing up without internet and then we saw headlines like smartphones were invented. And so this idea of being a change maker came to us and, you know, we were looking at the gaps in the market. Um, Dr. Shravan obviously is a medical doctor and my background is in advertising. And when we got together, we saw this idea of, you know, on-demand apps. And at that time, I think Uber was very big, Deliveroo was very big, Grab not so big yet. But we were looking at the trend and we were looking at on-demand services and we thought to ourselves, why not healthcare as well? Um, and that was in 2016 and 2017. And then, um, as you know, we, we incorporated the company 
company in 2017 and 2020, COVID pandemic hit the world um, and digital healthcare really took off. Yeah, really taken off for SpeedDoc. Uh, give us an idea, how does everything work together? You mentioned Uber, so the clinics, uh, doctors, how do they play a part? Are they all uh, independent clinics and then they form a network under you? I think some of the companies would do that. That's not how SpeedOut works. We do employ our own doctors, our own nurses, and we run a lot of the things in-house. Um, we also consider ourselves a technology-enabled company, meaning that we have a very big R&D, a very big product division that looks at innovating, uh, making the app better, more user-centric, and things like that. So how does it work? There are a lot of moving parts, I think. You know, the doctors work with the logistics team that works with the nursing team, um, that works with the product team, and you know, all these moving parts behind the scenes to kind of make sure that patients get their medication and feel better on time. Wow, it sounds like a huge journey just to get everything off the ground because you've got so many moving parts and people to connect. Uh, What's the presence in the region right now? Singapore? Yeah, Singapore, Malaysia. um, We kind of have a couple offices in uh, Indonesia as well as Vietnam. And we're trying to put down roots in Thailand as we speak. Okay, and when it comes to putting down roots, you need to get the clinics in place. You need to hire your own um, doctors as well. Um, well, we have to make sure that we have a hospital partner because a large part of our focus is on virtual hospitals. So we try to get um, hospital partnerships within the region. And I think a large part of being able to practice in a different country is getting the buy-in of the government as well. Okay, when it comes to actually people getting used to the idea, because you mentioned it took off many years ago, what was the initial reaction to using the app in the first place? I think, you know, it's very different, the conversations that we're having before the pandemic as well as after the pandemic. You know, before the pandemic, people were worried about very simple things like uh, um, credit card fraud. Oh, if I put my credit card on the app, you know, is someone going to steal it, right? And then the conversations we're having now is, hey, um, you don't have single sign-on by SingPass, you know, are you sure your app is uh, secure, right? And it's the same kind of laymen that are asking us these questions. And so you can kind of see how cyber literacy has increased in the general population and how comfortable, I think, the Singapore population has gotten with digitalization. Yeah, so it does sound like there is a future post-pandemic for digital health services. It's going to be around. Are you also seeing them see you for different reasons? Yeah, we do see, you know, um, people for a variety of reasons. I think the best example is when you kind of have a family and they all see you for different reasons. Um, And so we do have a family that we work with where, you know, the child sees us for vaccinations. Um, You know, the normal parents kind of see us for the day-to-day stuff. And they have elderly parents that we take care of as well. Things like wound cleaning, geriatric care, you know, regular checkups. So I think it's it's really cool when you can kind of see that um, because we serve the whole family, you can kind of see the different, you know, aspects of the health seeking journey um, and how we manage to serve them in different ways. Yeah, first of notice, you, know, you brought along some of your personal belongings and on the table we've got a unicorn keychain and also a stuffed rabbit. What's going on here? Yeah, I think the stuffed rabbit is just cute um, but the unicorn is to remind me every single day that we hope to be a unicorn um, and I'm taking the business definition of a unicorn meaning uh, we hope to be a billion dollar company. Okay, I imagine you're on your way there and of course it will be helpful to be the winner of the OCBC Emerging Enterprise Awards and you've just gone through the judging process. What was it like for you and your co-founder? Yeah, so it's funny that you should say that because I actually got food poisoning on the day of judging and so I didn't go for the judging. And I guess your next question is going to ask me, <laughs> did I use Speedox consultation services? Did you? Well, I did consult my co-founder who was a medical doctor. So technically, I did use Speedox teleconsultation services to get myself back to better. Um, and, you know, so I was asking my co-founder, my 
founding partner, Dr. Shravan Verma, you know, what were the takeaways from the day? Um, and he said, you know, the, the judges came from so many different industries that their questions were very varied. And I think this serves as a reminder to us that, you know, healthcare really touches a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And, you know, our ethos, our company ethos of making sure that healthcare is accessible, you know, that it's easy to use, um, you know, it takes on an even more poignant meaning to us in trying to remain consumer centric. Mm. And in terms of any tough questions, was there anything that really uh, stood out and made you guys reflect on you know, how things would play out for SpeedDoc in time to come? Well, I think, you know, we had our fair share of tough questions all along the years. I think, you know, digital healthcare, just by virtue of being healthcare, is a very highly regulated industry. We have a lot of very senior, very respected doctors in the industry that were very, you know, sceptical of digital healthcare when it first began. And so I think, you know, I don't think any of the questions were kind of a shocker to mm. him. I think we just, you know, face a lot of difficult questions over the years, as every founder has. Yeah, and you mentioned this is becoming a very attractive market to get into. There have been competitors, it's getting more crowded. How do you stand up from the rest of the crowd? That's a great question because, um, you know, two, I think when the government first announced that they were, you know, uh, getting interest for telemedicine and then there were 500 clinics that signed up and to my last count, I think there are 700 competitors in the market. So it's getting to be a bit of a saturated workspace. Um, but then you start to think, you know, how do you take the definition of digital healthcare? And, and this was one of the conversations that I was having with MOH as well. You know, what what is the decision of digital health and what you know continues to be a doctor's role or a healthcare professional's role? You know, what happens when digital healthcare gets so data driven that it's data making the, the decisions mm. and not the medical doctor? Where do you start to regulate? And I think um, you know that's what's interesting about digital healthcare that you know you can kind of pick where you want to stand out. You know, there are different aspects to digital health and it's not just about telemedicine. And so I think you know the, the jury is out on where the industry is going. So that's what's interesting about it. Yeah, talking about data, what is the data telling you about your demographics when it comes to your patients are they mostly uh, the millennials or are you thinking hey there's this underrepresented set of maybe people who may be older less digitally savvy savvy that you want to get into what's your data telling you about your business yeah i think a great question as well um i think you know surprisingly a lot of the older people who we wouldn't regard as digitally savvy are actually very digitally savvy and actually a lot of them are savvier than you know some of the younger maybe middle-aged people that we see but i think the surprising thing to us is that we really are touching all aspects of you know all patient demographics i think you know a lot of people are trying to use, um, you know, this new technology for their own means. And I'll give you an example. You know, when telemedicine first came out, I think a lot of the use cases that the industry was looking at was, you know, for normal cough and cold, uh, you know, and and simple uh, illnesses. Um, But what we're seeing is that patients are taking telemedicine in hand and using it for their own purposes. They're using it to, you know, clarify doubts. For example, you know, we get young parents, you know, first-time parents who are calling in saying that my baby, you know, has eaten some toothpaste, right? What would you recommend? and doctor, right? And we're seeing that they're using it and we're seeing an evolution in the use of telemedicine. I think it's very interesting for us to look at. Is there a plan to also ramp up the educational aspect of things and to just get more people on board this to try it out? Yeah, I think for sure. I think, you know, looking at a health tech company, not just a healthcare portion and, you know, use cases like these, but also um, I think technical literacy is something that we have to look at, right? So I'll give you an example again. My own mother, right, who has a chronic disease, she has diabetes, um, and she goes to the doctor and she says, oh, you know, yeah, I drank some Coke, um, but I drank lots of water to kind of flush it out, which is not really how diabetes works 
works, right? So not only do you have to do um, healthcare education, you kind of have to do um, cyber literacy training as well. You know, um, my mother does not understand the meaning of a 2FA and she keeps asking me if there will be a 3FA, 4FA, <laughs> right? So there's a lot of things that um, people still don't understand. I think this is something that has to be worked on, especially if you are storing, you know, large amounts of healthcare data within mm. an app. Yeah, that's a concern, of course, and something that I'm sure you're making good headway with as well. And just to wrap things up, the OCBC Emerging Enterprise Awards, if you do win it, what does it mean for you and the company? Um, what does it mean for the company? I always you know, say that awards are not about the honour, but about the responsibility. And so what's most important is that the company gets recognised so that my teammates get recognised. It's never about me. It's never about Dr. Shravan. It's about the people that have chosen to join you know, the direction that we chose. Um, and we hope that we can win this award to honour the work that our teammates have put into the company. Right. We've been chatting with Serene Tsai. She is the co-founder of SpeedDoc. Serene, thanks for your time joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Emerging Enterprise Awards 2022 on MoneyFM 89.3 is brought to you by OCBC and The Business Times. Recognizing business innovation, resilience and excellence in SMEs. The bedrock of the Singapore economy.